the good, the bad, and the ugly. Proverbs chapter 1. It's going to be on the screen, but turn in there your Bibles if you would. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20 through 22. Wisdom crieth without. What cries? She uttereth her voice in the streets. Where is she at? She crieth in the chief places on the concourse, in the openings of the gate. It's everywhere. We're talking about a street preacher right here. In the city she uttereth her words, saying, How long ye, what? Will ye love simplicity? And the scorners, what's the word? Hmm. The scorners delight in their what? Yes. And the fools hate what? Hate knowledge. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Let me break it down. Wisdom. This is Jesus Christ. Street preaching to everybody. Hey! Take in the wisdom that I have for you. I've got truth and knowledge above the knowledge of the books you'll find in the library, though they may be good. I've got some great things for you. Listen to me. Going down through the highways and the hedges and in and out, through the gates and any entrance he could possibly get, shaking the people with a voice, crying out. This is wisdom. It's a street preacher. But the words of wisdom ring in vain in the ears of the simple, the fool, and the scorner. So, here we go. Y'all ready? All right. We're going to start over here. The good represents the simple. I told you the good wasn't all that great. You're the simple. The bad represents the fool. Mm. Ooh. Uh, where are you going, buddy? You got the worst one. And, and the ugly represents the scorner. And so, all of them have one thing very much in common. They all lack wisdom. They all lack what? Every one of them are lacking wisdom. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The simple, the fool, the scorner. The simple fails to know it. The fool fails to follow it. And the scorner fails to seek it. But all are able to have it. Nobody was robbed of it. They robbed themselves of it. I mean, the good, the bad, and the ugly. The simple, the fool, and the scorner all could have wisdom. All could, all could walk, as the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, in their integrity. They could have it, but they chose not to. And there's a couple of reasons why. So we're going to put ourselves in check. Now, you hopefully are not really in any of these categories. Or maybe you're, you're supposed to be over here, and you are supposed to be over here. And maybe, I don't know where you're supposed to be. But there's a good possibility all of us fit somewhere in one of these categories. I hope not. I hope you fit in the conclusion, which is another character we're going to look at. But we're just going to just imagine, if you would, maybe somebody that you do know that fits in one of these categories, if you don't. And maybe you can figure out through this message, God's word, how to help them and see where they're at to better understand them. Because you can't really help people unless you know where they're at. Again, the simple fails to know it, the fool fails to follow it, and the scorner fails to seek it, but they all are able to have it. And one reason why, James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of who? If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally. God is wanting to bestow on you the ability to have wisdom and know how to think things through. 
there is something very important that you need to ask yourself. What is the wise thing to do in regards of my past experience, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams? What is the wise thing to do? Now, with that in mind, what is the wise thing to do? Let's look at the people that chose not to ask that question. The good, the bad, and the ugly, okay? Uh, the problem is not that they're, not that they're unable to receive wisdom. It's that they must first understand the fear of God. Why? Why is that so important? Somebody... Yes, thank you. You're a fine student. You need a haircut, but you're a good student. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. I'm just jealous. Is that all right? Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. It all starts here. Are you all with me? Everything starts right here. What does the word fear mean in this passage of scripture? Well, the word fear has many shades of translation, but it all goes hand in hand. Whether you look at the, look at the Greek or the Hebrew, it, it's basically like this. It means you not only respect the majesty of God, but you also you also stand in fear and dread of the wrath of God. And all of it together, you respect his glory. You respect the glory of God. I love my mom and dad, no doubt about it. But if you were to ask me, who do I fear more? Who do you think I would say? My mother. Now, do I know and, and love my mom, and I know my, my mom knows me, and she loves me, she respects me? Yes, everything she does is for my good, but also for her glory, because I represent her name and my dad's name. But I fear them. I fear them with a reverence. I fear them with trembling, too. You can ask Pastor Tony. I, I'll never forget, growing up, my mom would... Come to the, when me and Pastor Tony shared a bedroom since I was born, we, same room, little tiny room, and we were in the same bedroom when we, when we were in the crib, and then we had our own beds, and he had that weird water bed. He had this water bed. I love that water bed. When he left, I would use that bed because it had a heater in it, and it was awesome. Remember that? How many remember water beds? How many never heard of a water bed? Losers! Ha! You need to catch up, brah. You got your smartphone, but you never had a waterbed. Get with it. But my mom would stand in the doorway, and she'd always, you'd just see the shadow. The shadow knows. And she'd lean. She'd lean against the doorway. And she'd listen as we'd talk through the night about what God would do with us in the future and use us brightly for his glory. But she didn't see it. She didn't see us talking about God's glory. She just said, who, I'll never forget it. She said, who do you think you are? Stay up half the night. I'm like, mom, I'm 21. No. <laughs> who do you think you are? I told you to go to bed and you're still up talking. And then she did this little twitch with her eye. She still does it. <laughs> Scared me to death. Fear was in my heart, but I respected my mother. You know what the problem is? You know why there's not a lot of wise people in this world? Because it's hard to find anybody that respects God. How about this? It's hard to find anybody that respects anything. 
Do you ever drive down the road and see how much trash is on the side of the road? They don't even respect the earth. They don't even respect their yard. They don't respect their teachers. They don't respect their boss. It's just fine. It's really hard to find anybody that respects anything, you know? They don't respect their bodies. They don't respect the people that are coming through the drive-thru that just bought McDonald's that needs to hear, thank you and come again. I mean, that's, that's, listen, respect. It's sad that I hear the words, it's a southern thing to say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. Or hold the door open. That isn't north, south. That's just common courtesy. I, I like the fact that my mom told me that it's important to say thank you and no thank you. And instead of saying, huh, I like hearing yes, sir, or yes, ma'am. I love it. You say, well, that makes me feel old. Well, listen, outside of them, you are old. And as seasoned Christians, according to the book of Proverbs, we, are des- we, we deserve respect because as we go through the seasons of life, even if you're a jerk, you still have the right to have the respect that's bestowed to you. With that in mind, it is so hard today to find people that respect anything. But the good, the bad, and the ugly all could have wisdom. The only thing that's holding them back is the lack of respecting God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So where are these people? What's going on in their life? The Bible makes it very clear that in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. There is no doubt that there is the good, the bad, and the ugly that are expanding their minds in all different ways, in all different hobbies, in all different degrees, but yet lack the most important thing, never able to come to the most important part of their life, and that is to know God, respect Him, love Him, honor Him, and follow His will. So let's talk about this group over here, okay? Now that we understand that nobody's exempt, nobody has to live as the good, the bad, and the ugly, you can live a prosperous Christian life and make decisions that honor God and are for your good. You can live a a successful Christian life when you ask yourself the question, according to what God wants, what is the wise thing to do? What's the wise decision to make? The wise decision to make that will... In regards of my past experience, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? Well, let's talk to you, the good. Now, the reason why you're not called the bad and the ugly is because the good represents the simple. And you see, the simple are not bad, they're not evil, they're not dumb, they're just... They're not trying to ruin their own life, that's not, that's not what they're doing. They're, they're just simply, simply lacking... Uh, mature Christianity. They're, they're the people in life that haven't had the experience that most Christians have had. Let me break it down a little more for you. Solomon gives his son a clear illustration of what the simple lack in life and the destruction it brings when these three elements are missing. See, these are people that are going through life as a novice. And I'm speaking to Christians, okay? They're, they're the ones that are maybe the new believers and nobody came alongside of them, put their arm around them and said, let me, let me show you some things in God's word. 
They were the ones that were ignored in the hallways by the seasoned, gray-haired Christians that didn't take the time to shake the hand of the new person that walked in and try to invest in them when it was time to shake hands up and down the aisles. They just kind of bypassed them. You know why? Because we're human. Just like kids forget about those that are not in their season of life. You get wrapped up with your little friends and you forget about those that are above the age of 30. And anything above age 25 is old to you. But let me tell you something. If you study the book of Proverbs, you're going to find out very quickly that wisdom comes not just by the fear of the Lord, but through the influence of those that are wise elderly saints, people that are grounded maturely in the word of God. And so the good is these simple people that are not trying to be bad, not trying to be evil. I mean, you really sincerely just want to know what you're supposed to do in life, you know? You're just going along and trying to figure things out. And now listen, if, you're, if you've been saved 5, 10, 15 years, you shouldn't be in this bracket of the simple. You should be past that. But I love, as we study through Proverbs, how Solomon emphasizes some different things, okay? So here's the deal. Solomon gives his son a clear illustration of what the simple lack in life and the destruction it brings when these things, these three elements are missing. Look with me, all right? You all ready? We're going to put it on the screen. You can flip through your Bible if you like. I just want you to stay with me. The simple lack a leader. Look at Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 1. You ready? We're going to stay in Proverbs 4, and we're going to go through the first four verses. Hear ye, children, the instructions of a father... And attend to no understanding. A leader. Who's speaking here? The, the what? The father. Which is the leader. Who is it? The father. Let me tell you something. Everybody needs leadership in their life. You say, well, I don't need to go to church. I'm just going to have my own church in my living room. It's not even a life group. It's just a thing. We just do. We're like hippies. We just hang out. Eat eat cheese and crackers, and we just talk about, I don't know, for a little while. Let me tell you something. The church was established by God. You need leadership in your life. It doesn't mean they're going to be perfect, but the first thing you need to understand, if you don't want to be simple, is you need a leader in your life. If you are a husband, you are a leader. You need to be the one that's not simple. You're wise. You need to be wise. And this is some ways to figure out how to be wise. A leader is a necessity For somebody not to turn out to be simple, average. The Bible says, hear ye children. Here's Solomon. He's speaking to his son throughout the book of Proverbs. He's emphasizing that leadership is a necessity in the simple's life. But not only that, not just a leader, but a lesson. Verse 2 says, for I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. He said, look, I'm your father. I know what's best for you. I am not just a father, but I'm trying to be a spiritual leader. Let me give you doctrine, which is teaching. And I want you to listen to the law that I give you because it's coming from God's word. So you need, in order to be above average and not simple, the good, it's going to be the best. And that means you have to have leadership in your life and you have to have some lessons in your life. Sometimes we learn the hard way. We just never took the advice of the one that's trying to invest in us. And it happens so often in the home. What an illustration. The father speaking to the son. Jesus is, I mean, God is our heavenly father and he's looking down upon us and he's trying to invest in us and guide us and lead us. But we seem to just back up and do our own thing and we become very simplistic in our ways and we become, as the Bible says, the simple, the good, the average, 
Not the best, because we've never applied the lessons that were put before us. How many times have you heard your parents say to you, you all listening? And they're trying to explain to you how to do something. You're like, oh, I know. And you push them away. I know how to do it. I know. I know how to do it. How many of you ever heard your kids do that? I don't need you to show it. Okay, okay. You only took three seconds and they're already telling you. Okay, okay. And then within 10 minutes, usually they'll be like, oh, could you show me one more time? Let me tell you something. We do that just as often with the God Almighty. We choose to have a simplistic life. We choose to be the simple, the average, because we never follow the leadership of the pastor or God himself, and we never listen to the lessons he's laid before us. And then the other thing that's lacking in the simple's life is not just a leader, not just a lesson, but learning. Look at verse 3. For I was my father's son. How many of you ever heard that? Listen, I remember Christian when I was your age, and my dad. You ever, ever said that to your kids? We're hearing it right here. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in in the sight of my mother. That's Pastor Tony. I got left out. He taught me also and said unto me, let thy heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. Son, I've been there. You want to be average? You want to be simple? You want to just coast through life and never add up to anything except a novice? You never want to teach a Sunday school class? You never want to be a bus captain? You never want to step up into a position that lead others? Then choose to be simple, just good, just average. But I'm challenging you as your father to go above average, to stand up for what's right, and not only follow leadership, follow the lessons that I lay before you, but listen, you have to learn ever learning. Because I learned from the example I had, and I'm trying to teach you through God's word that example you need. And it's just simply embracing, as the Bible says, retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. You want to get past them being simplistic in life? Man, I just wish I had the courage to be able to stand up and say, I want to sign up in that foyer and be something on Easter Sunday. Well, you can. Just choose not to be average. Quit being simplistic in your life. The good. All right, we're done with you. The bad. The bad. You know, check it out. The difference between the simple person and the fool is that the fool knows the choices he's making are unwise. He already knows. That's a fool. He knows from experience. I've done this before. (laughs) <laughs> reminds me of my dog, Hank. He's a great Dane, and he stands this tall, but he's just a little over a year old, and he don't realize how big he is. So he walks around, and he yawns, and he's like, Rrr! that's like, Daddy, I want to do something. So he decides to flop his body on me, like, get off of me. He's just in dodo land. And I'll go over things over and over and over again. Hank, Hank. His name is perfect. I always wanted a dog named Hank, a dumb dog, and I got it. One ear sticks this way, one's down like this, and Hank just looks at you and says, these are, these are tissues. These are, you don't eat these. You know, don't eat there. A whole pack of tissues. If I'm not watching, literally, it's like ice cream. He licks it, and it goes down his throat. He licks it, goes down his throat, and he just keeps on going, and he's huge. And all the tissues that Christian has when he's got a cold or whatever, it just, Hank's just downing them. And then he goes and he throws it up. I know that's nasty, but that's what they do. And I catch him just in time because he's like, 
And I'm like, oh, no. We're talking like a T-Rex barfing in your house. You don't want that. So I catch him just in time. Get, get out, Hank. Get outside. I just want to look him in his brown eyes and say, I don't understand how you don't learn. You knew exactly what would happen when you would lick tissues and cram them down your throat into your large gut. What did you think? But you know, we're the, we're the same way if we're the fool. Look at the Bible. The word of God gives a visual of a fool that will sicken you. Literally. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 11. As a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. I mean, it's pretty gruesome, but it's true. You know what? It's trying to say, you know how disgusting it is to be a fool? You know how repulsive it is to know what you're doing is wrong, but you continue to do it? We call it those besetting sins. It's just one of those besetting sins. It just keeps on happening. Or you're just a fool. And you choose for it to keep on happening. You're like Hank. And just keeps on coming. And you go right back to it. And you're like, hell yeah. <laughs> Daddy, there's where I threw up last time. I've been here before. Where's those tissues, Christian? Now, I may say that in a silly way, but think about it. We are doing the same thing in the process of life. The fool makes it very clear why he continues to go back to his folly. And that reason is because he believes in himself. He believes in the choices he's making is okay. This is not bad. It's not that bad. That's why people would consider themselves a fool every time they go back to the drinking. Every time they go back to the drugs. Every time they go back to the pornography. Every time they go back to being that mean, grouchy husband or that awful, horrible, grouchy wife. And the Bible emphasizes that more than the grouchy husband. Remember? Dwell on the housetop than in the house with a brawling woman. Just wanted to make that note. Everybody got real quiet. Maybe you didn't catch that. Get the CD and listen again. <laughs> Just kidding. Loosen up. So ugly. Mean. Talk about the bad. He that walketh wise with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Let me tell you something about a fool. Fools, companions, spouse, friends, parents, employees, whoever you associate yourself with, if you're a fool, cannot escape the harm that you'll cause. Just can't get away from it. Remind you, let's just say that beast of a dog doesn't make it to the door. Who's going to be cleaning up all that puke? No, Christian and Ellie. But still, harm falls upon my children, and they have to go, why did you eat those tissues again? Didn't you learn? You know, when you come home and your son and your daughter are still doing those things they call the besetting sins over and over again, and you're grieved as parents. Why do you have to go back to rehab? Why? You know this was going to happen. Why? Why did you drive like that? You knew you would get a ticket. Why? 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 The Bible gives us clear characteristics of a fool and why the fool always learns the hard way. You want to hear them? I want you to check yourself out, okay? I checked myself out when I was studying this. Check yourself out, and I know you're going to think of somebody outside of yourself, but try not to, okay? You ready? This is a characteristic of a fool. Number one, they love to debate about everything. I call them faces. They're the first ones on Facebook that debate on everything. They're like, throw a little piece of meat out and wait for the piranhas to come. And everybody's posting under it. And you're like, oh, what are you doing? Give it up. Quit posting on it. What are we doing here? 
Everybody's there. And then you have the thumbs up and thumbs down and all that goofy stuff. The faces are obsessed with Facebook. But they love to debate. They're like, can God make a rock big enough to kill himself? Boop! Facebook. Here we go. That's goofiness. Let me tell you something. We're so busy throwing stumbling blocks on Facebook, we're hurting people. We're not helping people. By the way, that's again a fool. Because he hurts everybody around him in the process of being a fool. Let's just face it. This is the truth. Here's the verse. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 3. It is an honor for a man to cease from strife. But every fool will be what? Meddling. They love it. They love to just get their hands in everything. They just love it. You know? Let me tell you. You say, well, I don't think you're translating that properly. Well, let me tell you, look it up. You'll find a lot of passages of Scripture that deal with the fool in this same issue. They love strife. They love debate. They love just getting in the middle of an argument. They could walk through Walmart, and it has nothing to do with them, and they see somebody arguing, maybe a son and daughter, you know, and you're like, you know, with mom. You have to come over, what's going on? What's going on? I agree with them. Who cares? Who asks you, you Yahoo? Go away. That's the way the fool thinks. They love to debate. Not, not only that, here's another characteristic. Rejects instruction. They're the ones that say, Pastor, I would love to set up a counseling meeting with you sometime. Could you sit down with me? And pastor's going, yeah, I've done this before. I just want to sit down and tell you all my problems and just really vent. And I'm going to listen to everything you say, and I'm just going to keep on doing what I do. I'm like the dog that goes to the puke. Just give me a lot of input. Waste. I just want to waste two hours of your time to talk about a bunch of nothing and listen to all your instructions and your counsel and go right back to doing what I always do because I'm a fool. Can we be any more blunt? Hmm. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of, wi- of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and what? Instruction. They hate it. It's like somebody that goes to the doctor and they're in all kinds of agonizing pain and so on and so forth because they're not where they need to be physically and the doctor lays out a new diet plan. The doctor's thinking, why are you here if you don't want my instructions? Correct? Hmm. What? That's the definition of a fool. It's the bad. They love to debate. They reject instructions. And uh, here's another thing. Speaks his mind. Please, don't ever say that. I'm just one of those people, just speak my mind. Just speak it. Just speak it. Whatever comes to my mind, I just speak it. Just slap fool on your forehead, because that's what you're doing. You need to step back and think before you speak. And I want to tell you why. Listen to me. Listen to me well. And I don't have anybody in mind, so I see faces left and right going, Ooh. if you said that, I don't remember. But here's the thing. Don't say it again, because it's unbiblical. It's not righteous. It is very important for you to stop, as we used to tell our kids, count to ten, one, two, three, because you're going to start processing and your adrenaline is not going to be controlling your mind. You know what we need to let? The Holy Spirit control our hearts and our minds before we run our mouth because I have a hard time doing that. Don't you? I'm not just talking about the bad here. I'm not just talking to the people in the middle. I'm talking about all of us. We all struggle with this, right? I'm telling you, it's very difficult. A fool, in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 11, a fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it until what? Afterwards. There's this guy I went to school with, Ben. Ben never said anything. 
He was a genius. I don't know how I went to... Everybody I went to school with ended up... I went to a Christian school, and everybody in my graduating class ended up doing some really great thing. Can't say I did, but I'm doing the best I know how. One, one was... Uh, uh, he, he worked for NASA. That's pretty big, you know. The other one was meteorologist. One was a history teacher. I think that's pretty cool. Each one of them had a specialty. But Ben, he was just different. He was so smart, so intelligent, and he just observed. You ever met people like that? Make me nervous. They don't joke around. They just look at you. They're just watching and listening. They're the wise ones, really. They're like the owl in the tree. I don't know why we labeled the owl so wise. They're kind of creepy, I think. But they're watching. You know why? They're thinking. They're processing. And if they're a believer, they might be be still and know that I'm God. They're just, just letting God speak to their heart before they say what they need to say. It's kind of the Andy Griffith mentality, you know? Old Andy, when he'd sit down with Opie and talk to him, you know? You always think, man, I wish I was like that. It's just the movies, guys. It's not really true. It don't work that way. But the processing before you're speaking is vitally important. Because if not, you become a fool and, you know, here's the next one. He runs his mouth. A fool's mouth is his destruction, according to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 7. Hey, and his lips are the snare of his soul. Whoa! He speaks his mind and runs his mouth? Yeah, that's a fool. It's the bad thing. That's a bad thing to do. Whatever comes to your mind comes out your mouth. Hey, listen. Whoa! You want to be labeled a weirdo? You want to be labeled a hothead? You want to be labeled one of those things, a loose cannon? Let me tell you something. That is nothing more than a fool. And this is the definition of him. They love to debate. They reject instruction. They speak their mind. They run their mouth. And here's the big one. This almost fits all of us. He's always right about everything. If you were an astronaut and you flew to the moon and picked up a moon rock and brought it back. For some reason, he would find a rock in his room and say he's been there too. Yeah, this is, may say rock city on the bottom of the rock, but I, it's from, it's from the moon. Arrogant, full of self. Why are we getting so quiet? This is supposed to be fun. I know this is kind of a negative, but we need to really check ourselves. If you're in any of these categories, get yourself off Facebook, Instagram, your Twitter account, woo, you know, stop texting because you need to think before you do it. And sometimes texting can come across very, very wrong. You know, those little faces, you can read those faces wrong. I'm just saying we need to really analyze everything we do because if not, people are going to analyze us as a fool. Proverbs chapter 12, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Hmm. And he, he that hearketh unto counsel is wise. They don't. They're not wise. They don't take heed to counsel. This is the bad. But things get really ugly now. You know, I don't want to be just good, simple. I want to grow and learn and expand my mind spiritually. I think we can be above average. I don't want to be bad because this fits a lot of people. Seasoned Christians, new Christians... You know, middle-of-the-way Christians, this can be any of us. These are the people that we get comfortable in our way, and we don't start checking our lives, and we become very bad. You know, we become fools, and we don't even know it. Stubborn. It's my way. I always get my eggs and my sausage this way. And if I get this this way, that means everything has to be my way. 
It's not Burger King. Life is not Burger King. You can't have everything your way. It's got to be God's way. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. All thy ways acknowledge him. He's going to direct thy path. Let me talk to you. Okay, this is it. Y'all ready? We're getting quiet. I don't know where your mind is. Maybe you're thinking, good night. I don't like this. This is just getting out of hand. Now we're talking about the ugly. This is when things really do get ugly. You know why? This is the worst. This is the worst of the worst. Now, as I look over here, this is very fitting, okay? <laughs> We're kidding, guys. Listen to this. The Bible makes it clear that the, the ugliest thing in life could be a scorner. You know why scorners are so ugly? Because this is why. The, the scorner, the ugly, represented by the one that is basically translated a mocker. It's the one that mocks everything. He's the kid that you used to go to school with and you just wanted to punch so bad, but you knew if you did, he'd probably kill you and you'd get thrown out of school anyway. This is the dude that, that not only he doesn't care about the difference between right and wrong and wise and unwise and good and bad, good and bad, but he mocks the ones that do care. This is the one that steps out and says, you know what, so what, you're bad. So what? You're just a simple person. It's life. Just be what you are. And Christians, they're the weirdos. Anything that's good and wholesome and godly and reverencing to the Holy One above? Are you kidding me? Hey, let me tell you something. Hollywood is full of mockers. Full of scorners. People that just, just that they're just anxious to put down everything that's good and wholesome. Amen. They're looking for the way to just jab at anybody that wants to have a normal family. They scorn the ones that stand up for what's right and thinks it's important for your kids to abstain from sexual activities before marriage. They, they make fun of the ones that go to school that still think there's something wrong with evolution. They can't just say, all right, well, that's what you believe. No, no, that's not good enough. A scorner has to mock and make fun and tear everybody down around them. That, that's what the scorner does. And the scorner is so aggressive. They're, they're as I call the C4. And I'm not talking about the pre-workout drink that some people drink. It's called the C4. It gets your adrenaline going. Nothing about a mocker gets your adrenaline going. Four Cs. They're cynical critical, condescending, and controlling. You know anybody like that? You just feel beat down every time you get around them? The scorner is rogue. They just do it their way. They're, they're, they're on their own, man. Don't need God. Don't need opinion. Don't need to learn. Don't need knowledge. And here's some things they reject. You ready? He rejects correction. If you go to him with love from Almighty God above in your heart, because that's one of the fruit of the Spirit, you love on him. It doesn't matter. They hate it. If you're going to tell me there's a hell, you mean to tell me that sexual immorality, as you call it, is anything outside of marriage with somebody of the opposite sex? You think it's bad to be messing around? You mean to tell me that living with somebody outside of marriage, that you're crazy. You ain't going to tell me. I don't care how loving you are. A wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. They don't want to hear it. They're one of the toughest people you'll ever reach. If your children become one of these, God help you because it's going to be a very difficult battle. If you become one of these people, it's because you started off here and you ended up here and you finally ended here. 
Because you started letting your guard down. You didn't grow. You weren't reading your Bible like you should. You just kind of existed average, showed up in church once in a while. Then you let some things creep in your life and you became the bad, you know? The fool. You let things slip through and you just overlooked it as if it was, you know, it's clearly sin, but you continue doing it. And then you slowly faded into this. Now you look at the ones that say, man, that, that movie's filthy. <laughs> you know what? I used to think that years ago, but, you know, don't be such a weirdo. You can't walk around in a bubble all your life. Get, get a grip. It's become a scorner. The scorner rejects correction, but also the scorner regards, regards confusion. A scorner seeks. A scorner seeketh wisdom, the Bible said, and findeth it not. He lives in a constant state of confusion. He is constantly infiltrated with confusion. You know why? Because he's looking in all the wrong places for the answer. He's looking for an answer that makes him happy. And anything outside of that, his happiness, his flesh, he'll mock and he'll scorn it and he'll tear it down and anybody around him. We see this in the public colleges all the time, universities in their, in their classes ripping down Christianity. If you went to a university and you thought you were on fire for God, God help you to stay strong because most likely it's very difficult to come out still on fire for God because you get stripped of those things you know are right because there's so many scorners there. And they love the confusion. They want to put their humanistic mentality in your mind and get you all messed up. And they rally, rallies contention. That's the other thing. The scorner rejects correction, regards confusion, and rallies contention. Cast out the scorner, and contention shall go out. Yea, strife and reproach shall cease. Y'all follow me? You get rid of that junk, and things get real good. Listen to me, listen to me. Focus. And on close. They got snacks over there. This is the best we got, you know? Good, bad, and ugly. We got a cool title, that's all. Listen to me. Get in your head. Embrace it. You don't want to be labeled the one that everybody wants to stay away from. You don't want to be labeled the one that every time something that makes sense, you have to bring something up that doesn't make sense. You don't want to be the one that's constantly causing division and problems, and you're out there just shaking things up for all the wrong reasons. The disciples turn the world upside down in a good way. This is not the way to turn the world upside down. It's an ugly way to live. It's the scorner. I'm going to close. You guys ready to go? And go eat your snacks, whatever you're going to do. I want to close with this. In the book of Proverbs, there's much to say about these three categories, the good, the bad, the ugly. Biblically speaking, you know, the simple, the fool, and don't leave here and say, Pastor Dave, the whole service just kept on calling me a fool. Just point right it. Even though it might fit, but in the ugly. In the ugly. Let me tell you something. Get it. Embrace it. You don't have to be any of these things. Amen. Though the Bible, all through the book of Proverbs, is emphasizing, emphasizing these things and how to get away from them. There's one thing he does want you to be. The character is awesome. It don't sound awesome. It almost sounds arrogant the way I put it, but it's the wise guy. It's the guy that actually got it. You know, he actually went to Christianity 101 and became above average as a Christian. He took that class 
And he took the ministry in church and he developed it and he got involved in it. And he said, man, I wanted some standards and convictions in my life. I don't want to keep on repeating sins. And then he took a step further. He's reaching the ones that are ripping everybody else down. The bullies of Christianity, the mockers and the scorners. This person is the wise guy. He's the one that stands above all the rest. He controls his mouth and his mind. He thinks before he speaks. He don't go on Facebook or any other social media and say something that's going to cause people to stumble and fall. He's always uplifting and encouraging. He's the one that loves and strengthens the brothers in Christ. Iron sharpeth iron. That's the wise guy. Do you want to be the wise guy? Well, here's the way it works. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 5. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise, what? Counsel. Wise guy, he hears, he learns, he applies. He hears, he learns, he applies. So simple. He applies so much that he can become a counselor himself. He can invest in others because he's past just being good and average. He wants to be the best. He don't want to be a fool. He wants to be the one that stands in the streets and declares wisdom to all those that seek it. He wants to be the ones that, as the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, he knocks down the scorner and then the Bible says the simple begin to listen. In other words, you made the scorner eat his words because you were mature enough as a believer to know what to say to tear down his false doctrine. Are you all following me? It's time for us to ask the question, what is the wise thing to do in regards of my past experience, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams? And when you do that, and you start asking that question, you will make wise decisions, and you'll become the wise guy. And you'll reject the good, the bad, and the ugly.